0: Comedy LOL oh, wow. Podcast Network. Um, All right, let's see. Let's do some talking before we start. So I have to put up before we get started. While I look for the quote. <laughs> okay.
1: I, um, I do have Audacity on my laptop at home.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think I'm going to get a
1: little desk that. and um, then I'll be able to. to
0: The next time we record, hopefully. Oh, cool. Sweet. All right. Come on. All right. So, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast. We're going to start today like we always do. This quote is by Doyle Brunson. He was a two-time World Series of Poker winner. He said, it's not the cards that you have all the time that make you a winner or loser.
1: What I think is so important is he's like he'd been he, you know, he was always a gambler, or whatever, but isn't everyone a gambler in life? Right? Every decision you make. And I think what's so important about that quote is looking at it as like, you know, whatever hand you're dealt, if we're going with this poker theme, um, it's it's what you do with it, not necessarily what they the cards actually are.
0: Yeah, I, I think, think that's Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: That, yeah, that perspective I think is so important. It's like, how you, how do you look at every situation? Everything can be looked at as like really shitty or it could be looked at as like the best thing ever. It's just a matter of perspective. And it's like, you know, that whole, like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade nonsense. Um, But I think that especially as of, as of late, I have kind of been leaning into that kind of idea more and more just trying to maintain a positive outlook and realizing things happen for a reason. And, you know, onwards and upwards, you know, you are giving tests for a reason and it's just going to make you a better, stronger person or a stronger player.
0: Yeah, for sure. You have to, like the saying goes, you have to play with the cards you're dealt. It's funny because he's a great example. He won the world series of poker twice uh, back, you know, I think it was like in the seventies or eighties when it was a little smaller, but still it was, It was a very hard feat to accomplish, especially twice, and he won it with the same starting hand, which is 10-2, which is a terrible starting hand if you know anything about poker. But in a poker tournament, you basically start with a bunch of people, and you play down to one, and then that winner is a winner. So when he was down to two people, they call it heads up. It was just two of them. um, He was able to utilize 10-2 to win and win both times just like synchronistically, and that's why I wanted to use a quote from him because – today what are we going to be talking about ashley
1: we are finishing up with our number uh series in the suit of swords so we're talking about the ten of swords and then we're going to kind of dive back into the two the number two and look at the number two cards of all four suits in um the minor Arcana: so pentacles and wands and swords and cups and kind of discuss similarities and differences and how does that relate to the number two Um, super excited to get started. So let's go into the 10 of swords. Um, I had said last week, I feel like this is one of the cards that people are most familiar with. I can tell you that from my own personal experience, when I got started in the Rider Waite tarot, this was a card I always would remember there being. Um, It's in one of my favorite movies, Now and Then. And it comes up as like a way of explaining how this kid died and he was murdered. Um, Because the the picture kind of depicts that. But before I get into that, let's give a description of the card, and then we'll talk about initial thoughts. So I'm looking at the card, and it starts off at the top with like a black sky, and that fades into like a gray in the middle of the card, and it goes down to a yellow sky. There's some mountains in the background. There's this big pool of water that may be a lake or an ocean, and then there's this ground down at the bottom of the card. There's a figure laying face down on the ground. They're wearing a yellow shirt with, like, a white um, tunic thing underneath it, and they're covered by, like, a red sash or, like, a red cape maybe, and they've got these ten swords sticking into their body vertically, um, going from, it looks like, maybe the base of their spine up to their head. So there's our description. You can always check it out on our Instagram, at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, on the number two. To see exactly what this Ten of Swords looks like. But I'm going to guess most people are probably really familiar with it anyway. So initial thoughts. What did you think?
0: I mean the first time I saw this card. It's pretty obvious that. You know it just looks like death. Destruction. Ruin. Failure. You know you have this dark sky coming in. It looks like. Wherever it is there's like a sunset going on. So. Not only did somebody just die or get slaughtered, but then now comes the night and the darkness after it, the long night. So it's just it's one of those cards that just makes you stop and and really grabs you.
1: I said that when I looked at this initially, I mean obviously like I said in that movie now and then, it comes across as like someone being murdered, but I said that this was like being totally defeated. Um
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it's like and, you're just stuck to the ground like totally and utter defeat. Exactly
1: right and I okay so we can get into this a little bit when we're talking about the different parts of the card so those were our initial thoughts now let's get into the the, the parts here of the card you started talking about that <clears throat> the sky so let's look at the sky um it starts off at black goes to gray ish and then goes to yellow what did you think about that
0: kind of like in my first impression I just said it just reminds me of darkness or evil or something bad is just coming in and encompassing the whole land so it's like a storm rolling in but just as you know not just a storm it's also night
1: yeah what i think is interesting right is that um they chose yellow as opposed to even like a bluish or anything like that so for me the yellow is showing almost like an overcoming of that evilness or the darkness um so maybe there is like a total defeat or a huge loss but it's one of those like that light at the end of the tunnel type of thing like you know, the sun will come up, the sun will come out tomorrow, you know, to quote yes.
0: <laughs> it's like a little reminder that the sun will come out tomorrow. Um, I heard if you bet your bottom dollar, no, uh, we'll stop. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I like that because it is like the light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, I totally lost what I was going to say because you broke into Annie. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's like hope for the future. You know, this guy, he's dead, right? I mean, obviously, I don't think you're going to overcome that, especially in the Middle Ages. So this mm-hmm. guy's done. But, what, you know, his kids or his future, the rest of his family is going to move on to that dawn or whatever that is, to that light. They might have to cross over that lake to get to those mountains to get there. But that's like we talk about in life. It's just, Everything is just um, their struggle. Some things you have to do, some things you have to go through to get to the next stage. And, you know, unfortunately, friends, family, people we know die, pass on or not even this could it doesn't even have to mean a literal death. You know, I mean, it could also mm-hmm. represent um, a metaphorical death. But I'm sure we'll talk about that. So,
1: yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that, you know, death or the ending of something is often seen as negative. But, you know, similarly, like that gives chances for new beginnings, um, and something fresh to start. And I think you have to have endings for multiple things in your life to continue to grow and evolve to become, you know, a better, more woke, if you will, person.
0: Yeah, yeah, woke, exactly. And it's funny <laughs> because they say that seasons remind you of that, you know, like in here in Connecticut, and since you grow up in Connecticut like me, we've experienced seasons our whole life. And, and like now that you live in LA, do you feel a difference because it's, like, basically one season all year? I mean, how does that, you know?
1: Um, well, you know, there is a change in, like, temperature for sure, um, and a change in, like, the way that you dress. Um, we don't have, like, the falling of all the leaves or anything like that. And then like that, that total, for me, going back like to Connecticut for Christmas, like that desolation, you can see just like the skeleton of the tree. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I love that because then you you get to see the buds form in the spring. Um, So we don't have necessarily anything like that, but you do feel it um, in terms of the change of temperature. You just don't have those drastic, dramatic changes. And I think there's something so insightful there of not every death or every ending has to be super dramatic.
0: Yeah, it's it's a cycle, really, and that's kind of what I was getting at because we're more in touch with that cycle, I think, here on the East Coast. Well, we should be, but I feel that you know people are so wrapped up in their lives that maybe they're not. But I've been noticing that a lot lately, especially with the spring, because we started we basically started the podcast um, at the end of spring, but we were talking about it, and I was into tarot, and now going through the summer and now back into the fall and watching all the leaves fall down and change colors and then fall and then like you said soon it's going to be skeleton so uh very Mm -hmm. interesting so i'm going to talk about that more as we go along but
1: okay uh, so let's then move into the swords themselves so you've got the 10 swords and they're sticking into this figure um vertically did you have any thoughts there on them
0: well, I know we've said before how we talk about how swords are different sizes and, mm-hmm. like, you can't see the points. So the way you can look at it this way is either the swords are different sizes or maybe some are just stuck into them farther. You know, like that one, that looks like it's the shortest. It looks yep. like it's right on his spine. Maybe that was the killing blow. Maybe that was the first one that they just rammed in. That's the one that really got him. And then the other ones... Um, came after. Or if you think of it this way, sometimes, so if you have a habit or if you have a lifestyle or anything that you change overall, so for example, say if you smoke cigarettes or say you used to smoke cigarettes, if you think back at the first inkling of what it was that really wanted you to quit and not like all the other people telling you, not this other stuff, but the one day where you lit up and it just wasn't, as satisfying as it was anymore and you're just like i uh, i just gotta you know stop this whatever it is for any addiction that's a lot of times how it starts um i mean unless you hit like a rock bottom so this one could that could also symbolize this so maybe the first inkling is just one of those swords that's not in as far and then eventually as you go you get more swords and then you just can't take it anymore and you succumb and then you die and then you change
1: Um, What I loved about the, the swords is kind of the multiple directions they all seem to kind of be entering in at. Um, and I think you'll see that sometimes when you go to, like, a magic show where they put the swords in somebody and it's like, oh, I'm going to put them in all these different directions to give you this, obviously, illusion that I'm cutting this person apart. Um, but it for me, was just an example of if you have this defeat or this ending or this death, it's not going to be lined up perfectly, right? You can have all these things coming at you. I think a lot of times that's, you know, the saying, when it rains, it pours. Like, it seems like, oh, Things don't seem like they can get any worse. And then something else, what you would perceive as potentially bad, happens. Like you have all these things coming at you from multiple directions that is just gonna try to bring you down. And then it's like you have to be that phoenix. I've been saying that for months about myself. I'm a phoenix rising from the ashes. Again, going back into my own personal therapy session here <laughs> for my own. No, personal I, personal
0: I love that. Idea. I well, I think that's great for people because if you could be an example for them, you know, we say this time and time again that if you want to change or or help anybody or change the world, the best thing you can do is change or help yourself first and then be that example. So I think that's great that you use your example like that. And um, yeah, I, uh, I, I love the concept of the Phoenix rising from the ashes and no matter what it is, if it's, if it is a death or if it's just a lot of things that are going wrong in your life. I mean, I have a friend right now and she's going through a lot of hard stuff and I just found out more yesterday. And it's like, sometimes He like you said, when it rains, it pours. But the way that she's handling it and she's so optimistic about it, it's so inspiring. And it just makes all my problems seem like they're nothing, you know. So Mm -hmm. even in that little bit that she's doing, um, she probably doesn't realize it, but she's inspiring other people, you know,
1: so it's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I think we talked a little bit about this last week about the idea of like, um, you don't need to be a physical representation of something in terms of like, you can just stand for a particular cause, right. And be an inspiration. Even if you do, you're not physically around anymore. You know, you're kind of then that, that ideal that people can follow. Like I knew someone that did this and they're going to live by that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we see that a lot in movies too. They use that. It's like an archetype an archetype of like kind of, um, you know, like you avenge the, the fallen and that becomes your call to action. So I love that. Definitely.
1: Okay. So now let's move on to the figure itself. That's on the ground. Um, what were your thoughts on that figure?
0: That guy's dead. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the guy just looks like total, you know, it looks like maybe he had the security blanket that he thought was going to help him that red blanket, but that didn't help at all and i also love how that other sword the last or the last sword on the right you can't really tell if it's actually is going into him or maybe it went into like his mouth like the side of his you know so um i I don't know maybe it was something to do with the speech or whatever but
1: i'm looking at at the way that the figure is laying like on the ground right it's it's horizontal it looks like they were like I, for me it almost looks like they could have been like crawling away there's such a weakness in that stance so this was not he this person right did not die and like it doesn't look like the heat of battle it looks like maybe they were knocked down and they were trying to crawl away and there's something so I feel like almost cowardly about kind of like don't kick them while they're down type of thing. And that's Mm -hmm. what this looks like to me. Like maybe this person was really struggling and as opposed to being like, get up, which I think you see a lot of times in movies where it's like, get up. Like I want to fight you or whatever. It was like, no, 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 you're down. I'm just going to like kill you, put all these swords (laughs) into you and it's done. Um, it just felt very like weak. Yeah. this person like never, you know, it almost looks like I said like they were trying to crawl away or something. Um, and so maybe they were trying to stand back up, but they were never given that opportunity.
0: Yeah, that also made me think of it could have been. Oh, I love that. That's great, and that made me think that it could also have been something that this person didn't see coming because it came from behind. So it's something that they didn't even expect to happen.
1: Mhm. Exactly. And so I think, well, you know, most of the time when negative things do happen when bad things do happen you don't see it coming right because if you did hopefully the idea would be that you'd be able to prepare yourself for it a little bit better to not have that blow be as bad or you'd be able to do something to kind of avoid it avoid it completely um so i, I love exactly what you just said because a lot of times you don't see that maybe they were like they just like tripped and they were trying to get back up and then all of a sudden these people just descended on him and just impaled them with swords
0: yeah or maybe they just took one to the back, and then they fell, and then you're right, and then maybe everybody jumped on, piled on, got on them. So that that's great analogy too, because I love to compliment myself. Uh, I think that's a, a very fitting analogy because um, if you think of any time you want to change your behavior, the people around you aren't gonna always accept it. Sometimes they will, but if it's say if you're, it's something that's it's a negative behavior and you're around people that are engaging in that behavior too, you know, say for example, it's just like drinking or even in my example, like I don't eat wheat, right? I don't eat bread or wheat much. Sometimes I do a little bit, but um, you know, other people around me who do it, they'll, they'll just ask me, like I don't volunteer the information. I just try to eat and not talk about it, <laughs> but people will be like, Oh, you don't, what are you gluten free? You don't eat wheat. And then they kind of like take it as an attack on themselves and they just start talking about themselves and they're just like, you know, I like, and it's kind of like they're justifying why they still do it. And I'm like, I, you know, listen, we all, we're all on our own trip, you know, no, one's perfect. uh, So I, <laughs>
1: and I'm going to guess you really don't care either way if someone eats that or doesn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would rather people be healthy overall and generally, and if they have questions and they want like literally, or, um, and they're legitimately interested about it and why, you know, uh, you know, some people think like I'm gluten or whatever. It's like, I'm not, I'm not allergic I just feel that wheat is really high in the glycemic index and I don't need to eat it. So, um, but yeah, when people are interested, but sometimes people just want to relate it back to themselves. And then if there's a lot of other people around, and like, it doesn't even have to be the wheat thing, like say even alcohol, people are like, Oh, you don't drink. Why don't you drink? You're quitting drinking. And they take it as an attack on themselves because maybe deep down, they feel that they either drink too much or eat too much or whatever it is. And they see you making a positive change. So then it highlights the negativity in their life. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a pile on of all these other people, your former friends, or people you used to hang out with, or go you go to the sandwich shop and eat sandwiches with, and now you can't, and they're all mad at you. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that so, weekday sandwich
1: shop trip, damn it. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're not gonna come eat. We, you're not gonna come eat sandwiches with us anymore. What's wrong with you? Uh, you know how it is. <laughs>
1: huh. Okay. The, um, I think the last thing I wanted to talk about on the card was maybe, it well, maybe there's two things. I wanted to talk a little bit about the mountains and then the water in, in like the middle part of the card. What did you have? Uh, what were your thoughts on those?
0: Why don't you go first? Cause I'm curious what you had to, when I saw the water, I'm like, I'm just curious what you had to say about it right off the bat. Okay, so, so
1: for, yeah, for me, I mean, obviously we've talked about like water and for me, it's like intuition and feelings. Um, and I think sometimes there's this overflowing pouring out of feelings when things have a tendency to go bad. People have a tendency to wallow um, in their own kind of negativity. And I think that's part of having a death, right? But the grief process, there's several steps and grieving and being sad is definitely one of those steps. Um, and I think what is important is to not kind of stay in that position in that mindset you need to be able to get eventually get out of the water right dry yourself off and keep moving Um, but I think when things initially happen it's very easy to just fall prey to sitting in those emotions and feeling that despair and um feeling bad for yourself Um, and I'm not gonna lie like I'm still in that spot right now kind of that wallowing, not feeling bad for myself. I mean, I feel like I text you all the time. Like I'm sad. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those. like. So
0: I got to pause you right there. You don't like for people who are listening. She does not text me all this. She might text me like <laughs> once or twice a week saying, Hey, I'm sad, which is fine. I don't mind. But like people are going to think she texts him constantly, but that's in <laughs> Ashley's head. That's all the time. Like
1: yes, Oh my God, Ashley, <laughs>
0: would you stop bothering me by texting me two to three times a week about how sad you are?
1: And they're like, oh my God, she's like clinically depressed. (laughs) No. Um, But I think that there's, you know, there comes a time where it's like, okay, enough is enough you know, um I went through I feel like a mild depression when I used to compete. Um I was like a, a former professional athlete and there was one me in particular that I was seated first in and I ended up coming in second. Everyone's like, well second, you know, it's like, yeah, but it's not first. And I sunk into a little depression there and nobody could understand it. And eventually got to the point where it was like that needed to motivate me to go harder and try more. Um but I think it's sometimes it's nice to just sit and feel those feelings because if you're feeling those things, number one, that shows that you're human, you have this, like, you have the ability to feel. And I think then you can use it for to better yourself later on, as long as you're not just staying in there. So for me, looking at this, I almost wish that the water was a little bit smaller, because it almost seems like this person is just kind of succumbing to being overcome by these negative thoughts and feelings.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I love what you're saying about feeling the feelings because when the feelings come up this is something I've been trying to do a lot more lately I've been trying to like express them or feel them or just let them go because I have this tendency I'm one of these people that you know obviously I'm very logical and I can be very cold and I can easily shut off my emotions I have this gift it's like like superhero level it's crazy right and uh, you know I'm not trying to like brag or anything but I could just like put up the wall and that's it man and then it's weird because I don't even really <laughs> – the way that my brain processes um, emotions and stuff, I don't, I don't really uh, – that's like I said, when I put up a wall, I kind of just forget about them or w- whatever the situation is. So I've been instead trying to use what's going on, these negative emotions, use them and express them and feel them and let them out and, like you said, see what they could teach me. And I also love how because a lot of people will tell you, especially if you get into deep into the new age movement, they'll say that you just have to focus on the good. It's all the positive. That's all you need to to worry about. And I think that some of those people have it wrong. I think you need to integrate both parts and by sitting and wallowing in that. And, you know, I'm going to talk about what that exactly is. Not that might not be the best thing to do, but at least you are experiencing Those emotions, and now just like you said, when you're now when you're going forward and you're thinking about what you're going to do in the future and you're making decisions, you have that emotion that you experience to live, and you could say, all right, well, I got to be careful this because of that. It's it's the same kind of analogy. Think about when you're younger and you might touch a hot pan or you touch the stove or whatever it is, and it's really hot. I mean, you remember never to do that again. Right. So it's the same kind of thing. But what I wanted to say about suffering is. And I'm going to talk about Buddhism a little bit. And this is what I love because <laughs> the things about religion, I know we shit on it all the time, but there's a lot of gems in there. So you can you I'll just say in my life, I'm not going to try to tell you anyone what to do. But in my life, it's made it so much better by sifting through all these and finding the the truths in there that can help you. And this is one of them that Buddha talks about suffering and suffering starts when your acceptance ends basically. So the minute you refuse to not accept reality or the way it is, is when you start to suffer internally, you know, I'm not saying like if somebody shoots you in the foot, you're not going to suffer that way, but I just mean internally and how the way it is. And is and that is something that it's not like you could just tell yourself to do it. You can't, you know, obviously because you're in the middle of it and it's too soon. It's, it's, um, it's like too new. It's too fresh. But I found through meditation and just trying to be more present and accept things as they come, that sometimes when the bigger things come and they are very terrible, you know, even if somebody dies, that the sooner you accept it, and I'm not saying you could be okay with it and not sad and all that, but the sooner you accept it and accept that it's actually a fact, you can deal with reality and you can end the suffering and you can move on and it could be that light for other people.
1: And I don't I think what's important to point out is in no way, shape, or form are you saying that's gonna be easy, right? But it's it's all about moving forward and, and growing as a person.
0: Yeah, it's not easy and the correct path never is, but you know, I've also found though once you get on the right path, there are there's like synchronicities sometimes, things that just come along that help you in unexpected ways and it's hard to explain it's like the the christian saying when they say god works in mysterious ways they always used to say that like when i went to the born again church and somebody would like donate a bunch of money they'd be like wow god works i'm like no you guys are brainwashers anyway uh no but that it's a great concept because you never know how anything happens and i don't know if you've ever seen the show futurama but there's this great cartoon Futurama. i used to watch all the time and there's an episode where bender like becomes god it's this whole thing and then he meets this consciousness in the universe who is god he says whatever and at the end of it he basically says like you can't count on god for jack you got to do it yourself and what he means is like the i i kind of i i don't want to get like too deep into this episode <laughs> but <laughs> basically he gets shot back and like there's these monks that are locked up and like, we'll just leave them; they'll be fine. And Ben like, no, we got to save them. And it, it's the whole thing where you don't like if something happens, you don't know why it happened. But it could have been because of an action that you take you've taken earlier. Like it could have been because of a good action that down the road, it paid off and you didn't even realize it. So um, the long mm-hmm. this, to make that whole thing short, basically, is, you know, when you're on your path and you're listening to your intuition and your instincts and your inner self things, doors just open up and things just happen. I mean, and I'm not going to say it's all going to be roses, you know, because that's not the world. There's a lot of bullshit out there. You're going to have to go through it, but, um, wowing in it is going to make it worse, you know, or like not accepting it after the point of where you should have accepted it, you know, come on. It's like, not you, but I'm saying a person it's, it's going to tear you apart. You know, you're not going to, be. and and if even if you take it to, Because a friend of mine recently died, and uh, I've talked about this once or twice, and I was telling people, I'm like, because they had regret, you know, like, I didn't hang out with him that much, you know, I should have hung out with him more, I should have called him more, we used to be so much better friends, life came on, we got busy, and they have all these regrets, and I'm like, listen, guys, do you think that's really what, how he wants you to feel right now? You know, he's this great person, or, or whoever it is, if it's a friend of yours that you lose, they wouldn't want you to be sad. You know, like if Mm -hmm. I die, I don't want people around me to be sad and like um, depressed about it. I want them to be like a good time. Just remember the good times and keep going in life and keep it going, man. That's what it's all about.
1: And I think that's such such a nice tie. in then to also bringing into the, and the card, the mountains, kind of just talking about the highs and lows of life. Right. Um, Not everything is going to be an upward battle and not everything is going to be like always perfect but what's important is knowing that there will be highs and lows and you can't know a high if you haven't known a low.
0: Yeah. You need the perspective. You really do.
1: So those are the only things I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about if this card came up in a general reading, what you would say.
0: Um, if this ca- if this card came up in a general reading, I would try to get to the bottom of whatever change that this person went through recently. If something Whatever it was, major life change, like we said, habit, maybe it was a relationship that ended and kind of just tell them what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the episode about endings, new beginnings and all that stuff. Um, Yeah. What about you? And I
1: think what would be important that is if this card came up is just talking about the card itself, the illustration, I think is so scary and it could be very off putting to people. Um, but I think looking at it and saying like, well, just because it's ending, something is ending doesn't mean that it has to be all bad. Chances are you kind of already knew that it was going to end. Um if you're coming and asking for some kind of advice. Right. Um, And then saying like, okay, where do you go from there? So again, not to focus solely on the negative, but saying like, you can overcome this. That's how I would kind of incorporate it into um, a general reading. Let's say this comes up in a love reading. What would you say?
0: If this came up in a love reading, um, (laughs) well, let's say if the person was single, I would say that this looks like your time of being single is probably over that um you know that the dawn is coming it looks like the light is coming to erase all this blackness and it looks like you're going to be maybe in a relationship soon um if you were in a relationship this could i mean it could signify the end of it but it could also signify the end of just a, cert, a certain cycle of that relationship um you know, maybe if you're going to be having children, it's going to end that just you and the other person. Now you're going to become a family, like a real family. So you make it a lot more serious. So it's going to take it to the next level. So that's what it could represent, it could represent taking that relationship to the next level, not
1: just ending it for me, I said, if this person was single, I said, yes, it could be potentially the end of their singledom. But I said, it could also be kind of the walls that this person perhaps has have built up in order to protect themselves, and kind of letting those kind of walls come down and be more open to meeting people and, you know, putting themselves out there. Um, I think a lot of times, if you're You've been hurt in the past. It's easy to kind of stay in that place of being like, well, I don't want to get hurt again. But what people don't understand is everyone gets hurt again. Um, and you're just hurting yourself if you don't allow yourself to be open to other people. I said that if you are in a relationship, I totally agree with you. It could be the ending of one part of the relationship or it's just a different phase or a different part of that relationship. It could be the ending of the relationship, but it could be moving into something that's a little bit more serious, growing and developing more as a unit as opposed as individuals. Um, trying to maintain my optimism here. So let's say this comes up in a career reading. I said if this came up in a career reading, this would definitely be kind of looking at the choice you've made in terms of job or employment and seeing if you need to move to a different job or, or career path. Um, it could be the ending of a specific project. It could be the ending of your time at a specific job. It could be the ending of your time in a specific career. But what it is is going to be a new beginning of something else, either the start of a new project, the start of a new job, the start of a new career. Um, and then I said that if this was specific jobs, I definitely said law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. Or honestly, legal work.
0: Or uh pest what's the word I'm looking for? Exterminator. There we go. Pest exterminator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, that thought? that about covers it. I mean I I don't think I could really say anything better than that for her career. That's about what I would say. So
1: nailed it. <laughs> okay. All nailed right, it so... just
0: like this guy. That's another <laughs> thing. We should make a meme, be like, nailed it, and then this <laughs> yeah. I think I'm gonna
1: do that. Okay, okay, so let's go into the 10 of swords in our other deck kind of switch it up here a little bit um so we just talked about the 10 of swords in the rider weight now let's talk about the 10 of swords it's a different interpretation it's a different illustration for this part of the podcast brandon gives the description we just kind of give our initial thoughts but i think it's really it'd be really nice nice kind of segue to go to that and then jump back into talking about two literally yeah all right
0: i like that ten and two all right, so mm-hmm. the Ten of Swords we have here in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. Um, it says Ruin at the bottom, and it's a very bright card, which is kind of different from the other Swords card. It's an orange background fading into like a brighter yellow in the center, and we have Ten Swords um, basically forming a pattern that kind of looks like it would be almost like a Star of David, kind of pattern you could put into it it's hard you'd have to look at it but there's three swords on the top and then two intersecting like perfectly in the middle and then um two more on the bottom that are kind of folding out at a different angle and then it looks like maybe two yeah like one smaller dagger and then a big another one coming out of it that's forming the base and in the background we see all the different patterns this time they look like kind of star patterns or maybe triangles, just all arranged to look like stars. And uh, and as we see with all the decks, the handles of these swords are different, except the ones on the same level are the same, maybe a little bit different. I don't know, I guess they look exactly the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so anything you need to add to that? Oh, there's, it looks like there's a heart in there too.
1: Yeah. You know, so for me, if I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm going to take away the ones on the side that are kind of making a V, um, like a correct side V or like the upside down V it's just a cross. And, um, then these other swords come in to kind of dissect that cross and the idea of like the cutting through the heart. And, um, I love the sword at the top. It has these scales. And so, the name on the card says ruin. I could see this be just like, again, an, an utter destruction um, of of this structure, kind of cutting it apart and, and tearing it down and dissecting it. Um, and then, you know, you can potentially then use those pieces, right, to rebuild from the rubble, if you will.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I just noticed, too, the center sword, the one with the heart kind of handle is actually broken.
1: Mm-hmm
0: yeah it's like broken into three pieces
1: yep and it's like one of those something that potentially you thought was very strong and sturdy just being broken apart
0: what about the handles um the and the center swords so we have the two bottom that are making like the downward facing v yep and then the other two with the cross so they're basically both crosses they're just different arrangements of those crosses and I like how the one in the middle is the crosses, but it's using the squares. So it's it's like uh, the geometry. You can see it right there. And the
1: I had a teacher, um, and it was also the principal in my elementary school and the art teacher. And they were sisters. Um, and they were a cross that looked very similar to that, very geometric, very like the size of the two lines the dissecting lines were exactly the same and so when i see that that's what it reminds me of that cross that they would wear
0: yeah it's it's crazy that i think we had a, a nun that used to wear uh i went in the school that i went to wore a cross like that too and that's more of like the zodiacal cross actually as it reminds me more of that
1: i mm-hmm. wonder if they know and I, you know, I'm looking at the, the handles of the swords up at the top, uh, after the scales, which I'm looking at the scales and they seem like balanced where it's like, again, you know, you have to have the good to go with the bad. The other ones to me kind of look like a, um, I'm at a loss for word now. It's like a, a, a compass,
0: kind of like a compass on the outside and then an hourglass on the inside maybe.
1: Yeah. The hourglass. Mm-hmm. And so the hourglass, I love You literally took the words right out of my mouth. So like the compass you're thinking about, like, um, Kind of directions and shapes and measurements, and then the hourglass is just the time, right? It's a passage Mm of time. What a nice balance there of those two things
0: time and space.
1: Yeah, people want to speed things up, right? Or like get through it, and it's like, no, you got to take a minute. My new thing is always saying, take a beat.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you all, we also can look at this as these swords are just different, similar to in the rider weight deck where we're saying the swords are different sources or different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for different feelings that you're getting when you want to start quitting maybe like a, a habit or just different inklings or different ideas they can all be these represent whatever they are like time and space or maybe the cross is representing getting yourself together just all different things and they're concentrating on that one middle sword with the heart on it and then they all broke that sword so maybe that was the old way like that heart is just symbolizing the attachment that you had to that old way of life or whatever it was. And all these swords are the new – you think of what swords represent, the intuition are, um, like the, uh, the logic is what I was looking for. So the logic in the internal ideas or whatever they were, like I said, coming to you, telling you to end that way of life or forcing you to do it.
1: But what I did also want to point out is – even though, you know, the name of the card is ruin and it looks like this is potentially like a total cutting down of something, that heart in the center looks almost like it has a star or an aura behind it, like emanating out. Mm -hmm. It's like so bright. And I think, um, again, just going back to what we've already talked about, kind of don't, don't stay down, right? You have to let that inner light kind of Overtake you at some point and be like, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be able to get through this, um, and and move on and move up.
0: Yeah, it could also signify setting your heart free, destroying that sword. Maybe that's what was holding it back, and now it's being able to shine bright. Mm-hmm. Like that, just like you said, like that dawn on the horizon symbolizing the rider wait. It's the same kind of thing. Or uh, daybreak.
1: Yeah. And then. If we look at the very bottom sword, it almost looks like a crescent moon with a um, five-pointed star.
0: Yeah, I love that too.
1: And we talked before about the crescent moon and how, for me, it's always um, a symbol of like growth, changes, cycles of things.
0: The handle above that looks like a crab, actually, if you look closely at it.
1: Oh my god, I really hope it is. (laughs) I love crabs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's thinking, but I guess it could be.
1: (laughs) Okay, any other final thoughts here on this card?
0: No, I think we're good on this card.
1: Okay, so now let's jump... Back And last week, we kind of got into looking at the four ace cards in the Minor Arcana suits of the Rider Waite deck. So we looked at the aces and kind of compared and contrasted Um, a lot more comparisons that I think that Then there were like differences. So, but this week we're going to look at the two and talk about what is the number two and how does it necessarily relate? We're not going to get super in depth into these cards because we will talk about them. We've already talked about two of them. We've talked about the two of swords and the two of cups. This is our first time looking at the two of wands and the two of pentacles. And what I think is I really like about this is it gives us an opportunity to kind of review that numerology portion and see patterns in the way that the illustrations were created for this deck um, you definitely saw a lot of patterns in the aces so i'm not going to necessarily give a huge description on each of the two uh twos the two of swords wands cups and pentacles but you'll be able to check them out on our instagram obviously each of them has two of the specific item that we're talking about so the first thing i wanted to kind of bring up in terms of similarities is the background um, the sky is very similarly colored in all of them. It's like a very light blue, um, which shows that like the, there is light in the sky. There is the sun out. So none of these would be, for me, portrayed as a, um, a really negative kind of you're in the dark, you don't have any kind of guidance positioning. Um, what I also wanted to point out as a huge difference is the only Two that has two figures is the suit of cups. Everything else is one person with the two items. Um, the two of cups has two people, each one of them holding one cup. Did you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, you said the two people holding one cup. <laughs> I, For I, each I can't, one cup. I, I like how, um, I think we talked about this in the uh, was it the episode? Maybe we talked about the two of cups, but. How they're sharing it and how it's really symbol, symbolistic of the two, because obviously one is the first it's like you're one, you're by yourself, you're Adam. And then when you have two, think of like Adam and Eve and how they had to come together to create children and share these emotions. So it's it's like that initial outpouring or sharing of emotion.
1: And what I love is that for me, you know, we talked about what the suit of cups represents. It is like emotion and feelings and things like that. And I think it's that it's so nice that that one has two figures because it gives you the balance between masculine and feminine, logical and emotional and um, kind of how you need to have both in order to, to function. The other the other three suits for me are a little bit more tangible things as opposed to like the emotion part of it. Um, so like pentacles, for example, um, it's one figure and it's holding these two like coins and there is an infinity symbol. And for me, it's like this balance of, you know, sometimes you'll have financial hardships and sometimes you might have successes, but you have to be able to you know, kind of, it reminds me of the story of Joseph from the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat dream coat musical, where it's like, Hey, you're going to have seven years of great crops and then seven years of famine. And you need to make sure for the seven years where you have these great crops that you're planning and packing and storing things to prepare yourself. Right. And it's not like when all of a sudden you get into this money or success that you just squander it because, you know, think about squirrels in the winter, right? They hide the nuts because they know that there's not going to be any food, um, And that really has not, that's more logical and planning than it is, has anything to do with emotion and the two of swords, you know, it's a blindfolded figure with these two swords and it's like making a decision um, and trying to find out which way you should go. And then the two of wands, you have the figure and they're holding, like, it looks like the world in one hand and a wand in one hand. And the other wand is kind of left um, by itself And for me, it's like kind of moving on from that perspective or that experience into something new. But again, all of those are actual physical things, as opposed to the cups, which is very emotional. I'm sorry, that was very long winded.
0: No, that was great. That's what I mean. This is a podcast. We're supposed to talk. So (laughs) if you weren't talking, then we'd have trouble. We'd have some problems. Uh, The the two of Pentacles, I really love because if you see the water in the background and you see the Mm -hmm. ships and how they're rolling on the waves. So we just talking about water and how it represents emotion and it, and when you were talking about how there's all these ups and downs in life and you kind of got to be, you have to juggle them and you have to kind of have, you have to have a um like an optimistic approach, I guess you could say you have to kind of have a light touch, like play. They say the world is just play. You have to have a good time with it if you can and take it as it comes. And that's, I love how it represents that because, like you said, the infinity symbol and he has these two pentacles, which represent like it could be your career, your wealth, anything in the way you pertain to the, the earth or the, in the world. Um, so you're going to have to juggle this your whole life. As long as you're a human being being incarnated on this planet, that's what you got to do. And those ships mm-hmm. in the background, too, can represent. Maybe things you want to do in the future or aspirations that you have, or some, they could also represent things that you have to turn your back on adventures that you can't take because you have to focus on what's going on in the world right now, right in front of you. You have to balance or juggle that and you have to let everything else, um, you have to kind of ignore it for a while while you take Mm -hmm. care of what's important. And uh, the two of wands I also love, too, because, like you said, he's holding the world and he's holding that one wand. So that's like the wand that he knows. And he's grabbing the world, like the globe, and he's looking out across the water and the mountains and all this stuff. And he's kind of like trying to figure out what he wants to do next. Like it's like he's plotting his next move. And if you think of the way twos work, twos are that unity that come together and then they create life, which is the third one. So maybe that's what he's doing. Maybe he's planning his next Move his action in the world he's taking his thoughts and his emotions those are another great representative of the two and then putting them together to create the third which is emotion and we're going to talk about that more i guess next week with three but this guy's carefully plotting that he's using these wands you think the wands are like the suit of fire and magic getting things done and creating things so he's He's taking his time. You know, he has this, even if you see the the foundation there, it's great because there's that stone foundation. There's like that block with the roses next to it. So wherever he is, is a very safe, high place. So he's safe, he's careful, he's taking his time and he's planning out his next move. So that's another aspect of twos that are really important because twos come together to create, but are you creating knowingly? You know, and, and I want to actually bring that back because earlier when we were talking about the quote, you said that. Um, oh, well, that was before my pad fell and I had the notes that I wanted to say. <laughs> That's right. I'll just cut that out. OK, you, you were saying how everybody is a gambler in life. And that made me think of how everybody is a Mason. That's like the whole if you get into Freemasonry and what it originally meant, it's kind of like everyone is a Mason and the fact that they're building Everyone is creating their reality. Everyone's creating the existence we live in. It takes everybody to help out and whatever they're doing, that's creating the actual reality we live in. So in that same, same part, you know, like I said, everybody is a Mason. Everyone is creating. So how are you creating? Are you creating in ignorance? Do you know what you're creating? Are you conscious of it or is it just going on behind your back? You're just living out life going weekend to weekend to the next sense pleasure are you carefully planning out your next moves and are you actually enjoying your life? Like the guy in the two and the guy, I mean, the guy in the two of pentacles and the wands.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, love that. So I do want to just briefly again, touch on, um, the number two. Uh, so it is the number of being cooperative and, um, working in a partnership and teamwork and, it's very different than the number one, obviously because the number one is a signal of like leadership and being self-sufficient, which is why I think it's so interesting that the only suit that has two figures is the cups suit. Um, but the other figures or the other cards um, it's, it's only one figure, but maybe it's that figure is a little bit well-balanced with both parts. Um, and You know, number two is going to be diplomatic, problem solving, definitely kind of weighing out options.
0: The two also, if you look at the reason there's only one figure in a majority of these two cards, you can think of that it's pertaining to the self. So, you know, they're, they're talking about these energies that are inside one person. There might be two energies but it's that masculine and feminine energy. And it's so important that they wanted to express it three times, um, except for in the cups because of what we, you know, I talked about earlier what the cups mean or what that means to me. But um, yeah, so maybe that's what they're really, what they were, when they created this, they're really trying to get through to people's heads that this is something that's internal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Cause even in the swords, I didn't really talk about that one at all, but The way she's holding the two swords up like that, it could represent a whole host of different choices that a person might have. That's one interpretation that you can have. And that is something that is internal also. But it can also represent maybe the two forces or the two powers. Like we talk about the masculine and feminine, but this person has mastered them. You know, she's holding them up and she's not afraid. She has a blindfold on. She doesn't even need to see her enemy. She knows herself so well. Mm Mm-hmm. That just like when a blind person loses their sight and their their ears, you know their hearing makes up for what You're supposed to say, or they, it's just because they can concentrate more on their hearing. Or if you think of like when you're in a dark room, if you really slow down to stop and and concentrate on your hearing, you can maneuver better. So this she's got it down so well that she doesn't even need her sight. Mhm. Because you know, like they say, your eyes, your sight, it can deceive you. Sometimes you have to rely on your instincts to be a good jedi (laughs) but
1: yeah uh all right any other thoughts here on the twos
0: yeah twos mean poop i just wanted to say Mm -hmm. that yeah number two yeah you think that's why that that came along what do you think Do you think it was the the shit happens first or the two because it's the second thing that comes out of you i don't know
1: deep thoughts in the terrible terrible podcast here
0: (laughs) terrible just gonna cut that out
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so next week we're gonna be talking about our first of the court cards in the suit of swords and i love talking about court cards because they're more personalized to specific people potentially in readings and we are going to dive into the three
0: awesome i can't wait so we're going to be talking about the page of swords and then we're going to be right
1: yes looking at the threes Three's company.
0: Three's company. Exactly. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this. You don't have any witty two quotes or anything about twos? I guess the poop thing covers it. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Literally covered Uh in poop. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Terrible Podcast. As always, you can support us by going to comedylol.com clicking on the amazon link and doing all your shopping we will get a portion of that it does not cost you an extra cent you can also go to the donations page and just send us straight cash through paypal or you could just give me money (laughs) (laughs) call me here's my phone number now all right guys thanks everybody (laughs) and until next week stay terrible stop recording Comedy LOL podcast network.
1: What I think is so important is he's like he'd been he you know, he was always a gambler or whatever, but isn't everyone a gambler in life?